Good evening. <laughs> um, some cardiac. Oh yeah, new topic. Well, it's not really cardiac. This, this is more vascular. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? Um, so we are going to. This is so close to me. I'm going to be booming. We all know my voice is booming. Uh, oh yeah, it's cardiovascular. Cardiovascular. Yeah. Um, for this little nugget, we're going to discuss endo leaks. So tell me, uh, there are five types. I was about to tell you there's five. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me. Do you remember what I remember we? Your tricks. So yeah. You have to think of um, Roman numerals. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and remember. So one is leak either from the top or the bottom. Yes. As the numeral says. Yes. Two. Hang on. Oh, I'm just going to add in okay. some bits from Crack the Core. Okay. Um, these are typically high pressure and require intervention or the sac will keep growing. Okay. Move on. Um, type two. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. So type two, think of it as like weird. Um, you twist your fingers round and you're saying "fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's when the like pre like feeder vessels away from the aorta come back yeah. and like refill in the aneurysm. Okay. So they're like, I, I see your graft and I raise I'm two fingers to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is actually the most common type okay. of endoleak. Um, the majority spontaneously resolve, but can require treatment. Um, typically, the way you do that is with serial imaging, and you just look at the sac size. And at a certain point, you might have to intervene. Exactly, yeah. and if it, you know, if it's growing too quickly, or et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Uh, tell me, type three. Something about the middle thing is doing. Yeah. Something. So this one, you've got your graft on either side, oh, and it's going through the graft. But it's not this one. No, that's two. Oh. Two fingers up, coming from the back. <laughs> Stay with me. So three yeah. is more of like a defect or fracture in the graft. In the graft, yeah. So you've got that like, that's why I think about it as Roman numerals three. So you've got your graft and then you've got like a fracture, a line that it's going through, okay. as opposed to four, yeah. which is... So you've got your one and your V, and yeah. think of it more as like a triangle. It's more kind of diffuse going that's through. The one that I was of. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, so that's like uh, they say in crack the core here. Four is from the pore, yeah. and it's due to por- porosity of the graft. Yeah, that's this. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, five is the one that we don't know and sort of just happens. Exactly. So four, um, just to add in, it's historic and doesn't really happen oh, with yeah. modern graphs. Yeah. Five is endotension says here it's not a true leak and maybe due to pulsation of the graft wall some people don't believe in them but it says here i've seen them they are real or like whatever i think in mandela says no one knows why it's happened basically also called endotension it said yeah um continued expansion of the aneurysm without any other endoleak present so maybe due to pulsation of the graft wall and here it says thought to be due to an elevate that's below the resolution of the imaging we do. So you might know one day. Okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, so that's endoleaks. Done. Great. How bad? Do I remember the Roman numerals? That's okay. okay. That's all right. Um, oh, it's got a few more bits here okay. about things. Mm-hmm. So what might make you think that an aneurysm is about to oh. rupture? Well, I know one that I read in here, one characteristic is the when it sort of overlies the spine vertebra. Uh, 
yes i think that's in the thorax this is more like trip like abdo ones uh, that was called something like a drape day order yeah, yeah. um so here um i this feels very pertinent to me because i missed one of these the other day okay. <laughs> uh it's when you get periaortic stranding okay um so if you don't get that crisp was arterial, there an aneurysm? yeah there's a great big aneurysm yeah. but there had been an aneurysm before just, okay uh, and there was a type 2 end leak and the type 2 end leak was still there so I was like, same, 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 same. Yeah. But I didn't, well, I did notice the periaortic stranding, but I didn't know what it was, so I ignored it. <laughs> it type 2 and the graph was kind of broken, was it? No, that's type 3. T- type 2 is... Fuck you. Fuck um, you, that's the collaterals coming back. It's okay, you'll get there. Um, so periaortic stranding, rapid enlargement of greater than 10 millimetres or more in a year, yeah. and pain, obviously, is yeah. a sign of impending rupture. Okay. A retroperitoneal hematoma adjacent to AAA is the most common imaging finding of actual rupture, which makes sense. Um, And if you saw uh, saw an aneurysm that didn't have any signs of impending rupture, Mm -hmm. what what might guide whether you're going to repair it or not? Oh, so how fast it grows? The size of it? The size of it. Yeah. so typically treatment has to happen around six centimetres. Um, but 5.5 centimetres in patients with collagen vascular disease, because they're more likely to rupture, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, a thick circumferential mural thrombus is thought to be protective against rupture. That makes sense. Yeah. The um, an enlargement of the patent lumen can indicate lysis of the thrombus and predispose to rupture. So if you previously had a great big thrombus mm-hmm. and that's going away and your lumen's getting bigger, that could predispose to rupture. Okay. Oh, yes, here, look, draped aorta sign, an impending rupture sign. Very good. I poo-pooed it, but it's correct. That's posterior wall of the aorta draping over the vertebral column. Increased aneurysm size, focal discontinuity in the circumferential wall calcifications, okay. um, and then a hyperdense crescent sign. So if you're seeing that... Um, because that's an intramural hematoma, yeah. right? If you see that's that, pretty... that's that's going to sign that it's about to rupture. Um, Is that because it's about to become an ulcer or nothing to do with that? No. I think that's slightly separate. It's not quite, okay. maybe, I don't know. Uh, these are, I'm going to leave the like funny conditions that cause problems to the aorta because we're going to do that later we're doing on. That next, aren't we? Are we doing so that? Name next? Is aortic disorders. Okay, fire away. Like aortitis and things. Yeah, but I've got a lot in here. Okay. That so I've I have read three about. in here. Tell me. I don't really know much about them, but aortitis, which you know. is inflammatory yeah. or infective, right? Yeah. Infective is like staph aureuses, things like that. Yeah. And it's going to predispose you to a mycotic aneurysm. Exactly. Uh, which is saccular aneurysms. Yeah. That's all I've really got to tell yeah, you. Yeah, I think that's what it says. And then inflammatory, what can be the causes? So, uh, Marfan's. I've made that up, have I? Uh, yeah. So, like, vasculitides. Yeah. Uh, Such as... Do you want me to tell you something? So giant cell arteritis yes. yeah. and takayasis. Yeah, which we're about to talk about. Yeah. yeah. And then angst bond. 
Angst bond. Okay. Polyarthritis nodosa. Polyarthritis nodosa. Why have I heard of that? Is it because this affects loads of other stuff as well? Um, and also, do they get a type of bone lesion? Is that one we're talking I don't about? know. I feel like they get skin lesions. Anyway, move on. RA, rheumatoid. Rheumatoid can cause an aortitis. Okay, dokey. And immune complex disease, remember? We talked about that. Really nice. Um, treated with? Steroids. Or antibiotics, I yeah. guess. And what will the acute phase of aortitis show on imaging? So acute phase of aortitis shows a thickened, hyper-enhancing uh, arterial wall. And in particular, circumferential. Oh, it's circumferential, yeah. As opposed to, like, a um, what the word we just said, intramural hematoma. Yeah. Um. But they might be associated. And some periaortic stranding you might get, right? Some sort of inflammatory change. Maybe. Okay. And then in the they may be an associated aneurysm dissection or intramural hematoma. So I guess you've got inflammation. Yeah. yeah. Um, in contrast to intramural hematoma, I also have a sense called circumferential thickening rather than eccentric. Um MRI include aortic wall thickness more than two millimetres and enhancement of the wall. And then in the chronic phase, that then leads to segmental stenosis and more aneurysms. Yes. Brilliant. That's that one. And then Takayasu arthritis. Takayasu is is, uh, the pulseless disease. Thank you so much. So it's normally kids, isn't it, Takayasu? Young to middle-aged women. Oh, fine. Uh, I know very little about it. It's Cause? A, a vasculitis. So idiop- <laughs> is, it is an idiopathic, inflammatory, large vessel va- vasculitis yeah. that involves thoracic and abdominal aorta, and it can involve subclinical conflicts, pulmonary artery, okay. enteric artery, so quite diffuse. And you get stenosis yeah. on imaging. And they're long and smooth stenoses. Long and smooth stenoses. Often indistinguishable indistinguishable from giant cell arthritis. Okay. But so patient age is the main Aha, uh-huh. and giant cell arthritis is older people. Yeah. Fine. But Takayasu occurs in relatively younger patients, whereas giant cell is rare in under fifties. Nice. Treatment? Steroids. In the acute phase. And then if symptomatic stenosis occur Ballooning. in vascular treatment. Yeah. Okay. But only when the active inflammation has been resolved. Very good. How do we measure that? With contrast and yes, sorry, the inflammation. Oh, ESR. Yeah. Okay. Finally, I know you're going to add a whole node. Yeah. Your favourite? Coarctation. Oh, I love coarctation. So you can have preductal and postductal. Uh-huh. Preductal is often found in kids. Where it's like postductal, you can get to an adult without anyone have not- having noticed. So I think um, the most common one is the postductal in general. Is it? I think so, because it's it's when your duct goes away. I know that's not the medical term, but as it goes, it's that that then can cause this indentation in the isthmus of the aorta that sort of causes this coarctation. No. 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 Sort of told me this the other day. What? Yeah. And that's why coaptation, rather than being like a segment of narrow, often is like a 
Yeah, I knew it was that, but I thought it was, it showed itself on when the ductus closes, but I didn't, I don't think the ductus itself has anything to do with its actual formation. I think it often occurs as it's closing. Oh, I thought it would already be there. Interesting, something to, something to look at. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Have you got anything else to tell me? Uh, what are you going to see like as a consequence so you'll get collateral vessels uh so you can get big old intra internal mammaries uh and you can get uh rib notching yeah and then we talked about another sign sorry that um i don't really get the three signs uh, that is, that's on chest x-rays, right? When you get the, um, you basically see a dilated aorta like with like a the... notch in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it's pretty, we'll learn it in two Bs, I'm it sure. It represents a double bulge from the focal aortic narrowing and post notch dilatation. Okay, yeah. I kind of get that, I think. Um, what can you do on MRI? You can measure something. Oh, you can measure the velocity yeah. using phase encoding. Fine. And when is it pseudo? When is it a pseudo coarctation when you have no actual change in velocity? But you can see it narrowing. But you can see the yeah. narrowing, yeah. Perfect. And here it says exactly what you said, by the way, of adult being juxtaductal, whereas infant preductal. Very good. Very good me. Very good. <laughs> That's it on in this book, now that you've got a whole load of others. Uh, but don't we have somewhere in there all the like vasculitides and the marfans and stuff? Things that can affect the aorta. Don't worry, let's just talk through some of these because I think oh, it'd be no, well, useful. There's the bit that's all about aneurysms. Yeah, maybe that's this, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I think these would be useful to talk through okay. because I think they're going to be like little nuggets of useful yeah, information. Useful. Um, so we said mycotic aneurysms, so from an infective yeah. cause, yeah. maybe causing an aortitis. Yeah. Um, they're saccular, they're often pseudoaneurysms, not true aneurysms. So imagine that the bacteria has like eaten through one and of the walls. And pseudo is when it's only, it doesn't contain all three walls. Yeah. Like that, yeah. So imagine that, like I imagine it, that the bacteria or whatever bug has eaten through one of the walls and that's why you've got this outpouching. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why they're very prone to rupture. Yeah. Um, yeah. They most often occur via hematogenous seeding in the setting of like a septicemia, an endocarditis mm -hmm. type picture. Mm -hmm. um, but they can occur from direct seeding if you've got a psoas abscess or like a vertebral osteomyelitis that's come out. Yeah. Um, most occur in the thoracic or suprarenal aorta. There we go. Whereas atherosclerotic aneurysms tend to be infrarenal. Um, so you tend to see, so saccular, they get lobular contours, they're periaortic inflammation around, you can have an abscess around it, and you might get periaortic gas. Mm. Um, 
Which is just like bacterial gas rather than like a perk. Exactly. Um, it says here, gamemanship, if you see a saccular aneurysm of the aorta, lead with infection okay. as your differential. Um, I've got neurofibromatosis type 1 here. Do you know anything that it might do? Weaken the ward? Yes, I believe so, yes. So uh, what sort of other things do you think about with neurofibromatosis? What things might they say in an exam if they didn't say an F1? What might they say to make you think that they had an F1? The type of glioma they have? Is that an F1? Uh, yeah. Along the optic nerve? <laughs> yeah, so bilateral optic gliomas. Okay. What about what the patient might look like? Oh, they might have like skin lesions. Yeah, so kaffir, lay spots and freckling, mm -hmm. says here. Um, although uncommon, vascular findings do occur mm -hmm. in this disorder. Um, you get aneurysms and stenosis sometimes in the aorta and larger arteries. Okay. Um, and then you can get dysplastic features in smaller vessels. So you can get renal artery stenosis. And then obviously you get renal hypertension. Yeah, renal artery stenosis just... That's weird. It's like, like dysplastic arteries, isn't it? They're just yeah. too small. Yeah. I'm going to imagine but it in as. in some places, they're too big. So you get aneurysms. Yeah. Mm. In the big arteries. Yeah. But in the small arteries, they're just small. Okay. Um, it says the classic look is orificial renal artery stenosis presenting with hypertension in a teenager or child. I don't know okay. what orificial yeah, means to you. Well, it's an orifice, but yeah. I don't know in that context. Oh, I wonder if it's at the... Junction. where the renal artery comes off the aorta you get a stenosis let's think it of it as that yeah that um, but you can get dysplasia of the arterial wall itself from periarterial neurofibromas okay fine that makes more sense to me for this yeah, for stenosis. yeah. um tell me what you know about marfan's uh marfan's is like a connective tissue disorder often tall young people can get spontaneous pneumothoraces, they can get cardiac problems, mm. they can get aneurysms. What sort of cardiac problems? I think they often get like um, mitral valve and like aortic valve, I want to say, issues. So aortic valve's the big one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and they can get also um, dislocated lenses. Mm, very nice. Someone showed, showed me them the other day. Yeah. It literally looks like the eyes are the wrong way around. Yeah, gross. He's like, what does it look like? And I was like, well, that the eyes are the wrong way around. And he's like, exactly. <laughs> um, so Marfan's is a genetic so disorder yeah. caused by mutations of the fibrillin gene. Okay. Um, lots of systemic man manifestations, including lens things, being tall, pectus deformities, yeah. which could be good chest x-ray, yeah. um, scoliosis, long yes. fingers. I think there's something else on the spine as well, but I've forgotten. Um, and then vascular findings, you can group into aneurysm, dissection, and pulmonary artery dilatation. Okay. So aneurysms, classically, you get an annuloaortic ectasia. Okay. At the annulus. Where have we spoken about that before? We spoke about it on Saturday. Oh, okay. So something. It gives you a shape. Oh, the tulip thing. Yes. Um, so you get dilation of the aortic root. That normally begins with the aortic sinuses yeah. and then progresses to the sinotubular junction, okay. so before, yeah. um, and then ultimately involves the aortic annulus. 
dilatation of the aortic so root. Wait, the annulus is below the sinuses. Yeah. So ultimately, it ultimately it goes there. below. Okay, okay. And then if you get um, dilatation there, mm -hmm. what's going to happen? The valve's going to fail. Yeah. So you get aortic valve insufficiency, severe aortic regurge. Okay. Um, and that might progress to aortic root dissection or rupture. That's what you and worry why? about in Marfan's. What do they do? Um, there's like imaging wise or like surgery wise. I think they put a great big stent in, don't they? Yeah, and in order to like reconstruct this, it's like more like a outside stent, I think. And um, the surgeons like to have a 3D volume of aorta in order to build this from. And in scanning, there's a protocol, and I think it's pairs specifically for these. Okay. Well now, well now, someone is well, no, I literally at a specialist centre. Very good. Personalised external aortic root support. But when I've looked on the cardiac list, it's like pairs, it's like yeah. the protocols. Thank you so much. Um, so severe aortic regurge can progress to aortic root dissectional rupture. Um, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt. During surgery, the support is wrapped around the aorta, which remains intact, which is quite interesting. Perfection. So you're yeah. giving it like a gusset, a corset almost. Yeah. And it's um, 3D printing stuff. Ooh, she. Fancy. Um, so the mechanism for this is stop scratching. Oh. The mechanism for this is that there's disruption of the media yeah. elastic fibers. Because of the fibrin thing. Exactly. Okay. That causes aortic stiffening. Yeah. And that causes the aneurysm and then the dissection. See, that to me doesn't make sense, but okay. Well, you've got to think that it's not um, elastic, right? It's receiving the pressure. So it gets the pressure and it gets like rather than bending stiff. The yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay. Um, the buzzword for Marfan's ascending aneurysm is tulip bulb. Ah, okay. And that's your annuloaortic ectasia. Okay. Um, they are typically repaired earlier than a normal aneurysm. So at around 5.5 centimetres, they'd be okay. repaired. Okay. Um, and then dissection in Marfan's, recurrent dissections are common. So you remember we said vascular findings can be yeah. grouped into three, aneurysm, dissection, pulmonary artery yeah. dilatation. So we've done aneurysm. Dissection. So dissection, recurrent dissections are common, and you can get triple barreled dissection, which is dissections on both sides with a true channel in the middle. Yeah. That's mad. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Have you ever seen that? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then moving on to pulmonary artery, just like dilatation, dilatation of the aorta, you can get pulmonary artery dilatation at the root. It favours the root. Yeah. Um, have you got any other things you can think of that affect the aorta? In Marvin? In uh, oh, anything. Okay, okay yeah. Uh, is it something obvious? Trauma? Um, uh, is it a disease? So there's actually a disease which... I've never heard of, okay. so I don't think you've ever heard of, and it's a form of Marfan. So oh, I'm going to yeah. go next. It's called Loy's Dietz syndrome. Can you see that? Yeah. Loy's Dietz syndrome. Um, it says here, just think of that as the really shit version of Marfan's. Oh, okay. so um, terrible prognosis, rupture their aortas all the time. The vessels are very tortuous. They also have crazy wide eyes, hypertelorism. What's hypertelorism? Crazy wide eyes. I oh, think. okay. I so don't know. Good to know. Um, okay, okay. We're on 23. Okay, I think I've got a few more we can get through. Yeah, yeah. We can always add as well. That's true. Um, tell me about another uh, uh, collagen vascular disease. 
Okay. Oh, wide set apart eyes. Yeah. I thought it meant wide open eyes. Me too. <laughs> tell me about another, well, tell me about a collagen vascular disease that might affect the aorta. Mm. No. Erlis Danlos. Oh, duh. Tell me. Any thoughts? What does someone with Erlis Danlos, what might they say in a question to make you think they've got Erlis Danlos? They have like lots of cardiac stuff, don't they? And hate. Whatever you were doing, though, is correct. They're weird. <laughs> Are you sure? No, they've got a stretchy skin. something with their eyes no they've got super stretchy skin yeah. hypermobile joints is a classic yeah and they've got blood vessel fr- fragility so they're prone to bleeding okay um so with Erlis Danlos you should inv- avoid um any kind of invasive angiogram or angiography oh, yeah. um and any percutaneous procedure exactly yeah. Any percutaneous procedure should be avoided because you're risking giving them a dissection. Um, someone was telling me this the other day that like you just should not ever say yes to an IR procedure in someone with Erlis Danlos because you're going to lose their legs because yeah. you just cut off their arteries. Um, imaging characteristics of aortic aneurysms in Erlis Danlos resemble those in Marfan's, often involving the aortic root. Okay. So it's a good differential for a Marfan's looking aorta okay. um it's really difficult because the aortic valve for some reason i don't think about it as like part of the aorta oh dear i don't know why i thought you know a dilated aortic valve i feel like that's different to having an aneurysm but a root yeah a root's slightly different to the valve isn't it yeah, it's yeah. just above it yeah <laughs> um but the classic in martins is the tulip appearance tulip exactly but Erlis Danlos can get that too. Okay. So always have it as a good differential. Um, but with Erlis Danlos, what you might see, so say they gave you an image with a tulip bulb, aorta, and then you had loads of aneurysms of the abdominal visceral arteries. So like a huge, great splenic aneurysm and a great big uh, liver aneurysm. And they tell you they've got stretchy skin and are hypermobile. Yeah. You might think more. You'd be like, well, my first thought would be Marfan's, but actually... I think this might be more keeping with Erlis Danlos and no, don't phone IR because you're going to have to have a really long conversation about doing an invasive yeah. procedure. Yeah. Nice. Um, I've got a few more. Yeah. Um, so there's, it's a type of aneurysm that can be called a luetic aneurysm. I haven't heard of it. It's also called a syphilitic aneurysm. Oh, so from syphilis. Syphilitic aneurysm. So super rare yeah. and in patients with untreated tertiary syphilis saccular and involves the ascending aorta as well as the aortic arch yeah of course but we might as well talk about it um classic description is saccular asymmetric aortic aneurysm with involvement of the aortic root branches often heavily calcified tree bark intimal calcifications you get coronary artery narrowing at the ostium and aortic valve insufficiency i'm just saying that we'll listen to it again one day (laughs) Aortoenteric fistulas, primary or secondary, 
primary super rare. Uh, you get them in aneurysms and atherosclerosis. Secondary is after surgery. Just remember that. So where's the fistula between bowel and aorta? Oh yes, I've seen one Ooh. in practice. Um, and I think there's something that sort of I think it's a post a procedure you're at increased risk. Yeah, so that's a secondary yeah. aortoenteric fistula. Okay, um, that's much more common. Yeah. Um, the question is usually what part of bowel is involved. Yeah. And the answer is third and fourth portions of the duodenum. Yeah, because again, the one we were looking at, I think there was a query about whether there was a fistula, and even though you can say say either way, and they kept on re-imaging. But like, if the contrast doesn't happen to be going through that, you can't exclude it. Either, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think what someone said was that actually the part of bowel that you think it's happening at, that's not where it commonly happens. So mm. third and fourth part. The answer is, unless you see contrast from the aorta into the bowel lumen, you can't tell. Mm. Thank you, Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> um, both of them have, both, so both primary and secondary aortoenteric fistulas have ectopic perigraft gas. Okay, didn't see that. And you can get, lose the fat plane between the bowel and the aorta, and you mm-hmm. can get tethering of the duodenum wall onto the anterior wall of the aorta okay. and you can get pseudoaneurysm formation. I'll stop. Or I can I add to it. Okay, we'll stop for now and we can talk about what we're talking about next. Have you uploaded the other one? No, I'm going to add this to it. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, fine. So, sorry. Continuing on aortic things. So sorry, so sorry. So, uh, I wanted to talk to you about something called an inflammatory aneurysm. Have you heard of inflammatory aneurysm? Have we spoken about it already? No, no not really. Well, we have said that arthritis can then cause, and like tachycardia arthritis can then cause an aneurysm. Yes. So is that what they're talking about? Well, it seems. I, I think this might be a sort of separate entity, okay. but it is associated with SLE and giant cell and RA. Oh, okay. So okay. maybe it's not. Uh, maybe it's not a separate thing, but okay. kind of a way of thinking about aneurysms, yeah. perhaps that's slightly different. Um, most it says here inflammatory aneurysms most are symptomatic, okay. more common in young men, and associated with an increased risk of rupture. Unlike patients with an atherosclerotic aneurysm, most with an inflammatory variant will have an elevated ESR. Mm-hmm. Um, and while the cause isn't well understood, it might be related to periaortic retrone- retroperitoneal fibrosis or another autoimmune disorder, yeah. i.e. SLE, giant cell or RE. But smoking is a strong risk factor and smoking cessation is the first step in therapy. In a third of cases, hydronephrosis or renal failure is present at the time of diagnosis because the inflammatory process usually also involves the ureters. So like a retroperitoneal fibrosis would also cause that. And then that's usually the presenting thing. I don't know. It says here, no, it says these are symptomatic. I don't know how they are symptomatic. The hydronephrosis or the 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 actual aneurysm? Probably pain, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Imaging findings include a thickened wall, inflammatory or fibrotic changes in the periaortic regions. 
asymmetrical thickening of the aorta with sparing of the posterior wall. Is this part of this one? Yeah. Oh, whereas in aortitis it was circumferential. So these are inflammatory aneurysms, not yeah, an aortitis. That's what I see. You're yeah, right. it is a separate thing. Um, so let me say that again. Asymmetrical thickening of the aorta with sparing of the posterior wall, which helps differentiate it from a vasculitis. Okay. There's something called. So that's inflammatory aneurysms done. Yeah. Now I'm moving on to some other weird syndromes. Okay. There's something called Lerich, Lerich, Lerich. Okay. I might say Lerich syndrome. Uh, and that is when you get complete occlusion of the aorta, distal to the renal arteries, most commonly at the aortic bifurcation, and it's secondary to really bad atherosclerosis. You get big, so you large. Get the bifurcation, you get the worst. Yeah. They get complete occlusion. Yeah, with big collaterals, large collaterals. Oh, okay. Um, so if you see complete occlusion of the aorta distal to the renal arteries, think about Lerich syndrome. Lerichy. Lerichy. Uh, Lerich. I don't know. Uh, the okay. most likely question is the triad triad uh, <laughs> of as claudication. So gluteal claudification i think that's probably called yeah. um no femoral pulses okay. makes sense yeah. and impotence so inability to get an erection so that... for <laughs> sorry <laughs> so sorry um there's something called mid aortic syndrome okay i'd never heard of this have you heard of this this refers to progressive narrowing of the abdominal aorta and its major branches mm-hmm. compared to lerichi lerich lerich this is higher and longer it's also a total freaking zebra says here okay it tends to affect children or young adults and the thing is characterized it's progressive narrowing of okay. the aorta and not secondary to an arteritis or atherosclerosis, but it's probably the result of some kind of intrauterine insult, okay. and you get this fragmentation of the media of okay. the aorta. Can I just look at the picture? Mm-hmm. So you get this really narrow... To me, that looks a bit like TPS. Well, that's the thing. So you wouldn't get any of the other signs, um, and you would want to check it's not... ESR is not raised and whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so you get a fragmentation of the elastic media because of some, probably because an intrauterine insult. Okay. And it has a triad triad, which is hypertension, which is the most common presenting symptom. So in a child or young hypertension. adult, hypertension, yeah. they get claudication symptoms and they get renal failure. Okay. Happy? Scary. Yeah, scary. Yeah. Um, some things I'd like to add okay. about aortic coarctation okay. that we spoke about earlier. Yeah. Um, so infantile or preductal, the presenting things are pulmonary edema, um, and it's typically a long segment of, that's co-opted, okay. um, and you get blood supply to the descending aorta via the patent ductus arteriosus. That's rather why you want to keep it open, rather than through the aorta. Because the coarctation is that bad. Mm-mm. Oh, God. And then adult or ductal isn't symptomatic until later, um, you get differential arm and leg blood pressures and it's typically a short segment, yeah. that little book you see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but things to know about coarctation, it's got a strong association with a genetic condition. Do you know? I should know. I've seen this in a question before, mm. so it does come up. Turner's. Mm. 
strong association with Turner syndrome. And then um, it's also got a strong association with bicuspid aortic valves. Um, People with aortic coarctations have more berry aneurysms, apparently. Um, Rib notching involves fourth to eighth ribs. It does not involve the first and second ribs because they're fed by the costocervical trunk, not the aortic branches. Yeah. We've spoken about pseudocoarctation. And then just two little bits to add. Um, Oh, (laughs) lords. We might stop after these. Um, Do you know anything about thoracic outlet syndrome? Sort of moving away from the aorta here, but it's just here, so we might as well just say it. Mm -hmm. So this is congenital or acquired compression of the subclavian vessels, Mm -hmm. either artery and vein, and the brachial of both artery and vein and the brachial plexus nerves as they pass through the thoracic inlet. Is it usually on one side? No, I think both. Both. Well, like you get squashing. Yeah. Even if it's on one side, it's squashed everything. Um, And it's a spectrum. So the nerve goes and then the vein goes and then the artery goes. Um, And the symptoms vary and depend on what's compressed. Um, Compression by the anterior scalene muscle is the most common cause. I don't know why that does that. But cervical ribs, muscular hypertrophy, fibrous bands, pagets and a tumour can all cause those symptoms. Um, The way they will show this is with an arms up and arms down angiography and obviously the occlusion occurs with the arms up because you're making like, that you know, smaller. Exactly. Then they go bright red. Yeah. yeah. And then there's something here called, this is the only reason I was really talking okay. about this, Paget Schroeter, Schroeter. It's thoracic outlet syndrome with development of venous thrombus in the subclavian vein. It's sometimes called an effort thrombosis because it's associated with athletes such as weightlifters, mm. who are raising their arms a lot. They use catheter-directed... So thoracic outlet obstruction plus an SVC thrombus is what... Yeah. It. Subclavian vein. Sorry, what did I say? I thought you said SVC. Yeah, maybe, yeah, subclavian. Yeah. Um, uh, they put a catheter in and they put some lysis onto the clots. Thrombolysis. Just says lysis yeah. here. Yeah, but thrombolysis. Um, Stenting isn't done. It's no point. There's some bits here about like pulmonary artery aneurysms and splenic artery aneurysms, but I feel like feel we're, doing the aorta. we're doing the aorta. I won't keep going on that. I feel like that's enough for yeah. the aorta. So sorry that that went on for a while. Goodbye, aorta. Goodbye, aorta.